let's do this. So yeah, 2021, 2021, Digital Hub, the first episode being recorded um, in the snow, just, well, snow over the weekend. And so I'm delighted to have two SEO gurus uh, with me today. We're doing an SEO starter tips session, Digital Hub. And uh, yeah, I'm SEO royalty. I'm with David Sace and, of Paper Gecko and also Jason Bernard of CaliCube. Uh, both SEO gurus, experts, subject matter experts in their own rights, 20 years plus in the sector, digital marketing sector, but really niche down and becoming and owning the sort of consultancy piece and being kind of experts within, within, a digital, within, within the SEO sector. So today we're going to look at the SEO essentials. So SEO starter tips and essential for micro businesses, small businesses, uh, what's critical, what are the must haves. So these two individuals are going to help and us to understand, uh, demystify the fundamentals, um, understanding SERPs, search engine results pages. Um, and David is going to do a bit about the sort of traditional methods and ethos around SEO. Um, and, but once again, yeah, these two experts that are with me, so I'm actually blessed to have them both here. So Jason's consultancy is CaliCube, K-L-I-C-U-B-E. So that's K-L-I-C-U-B-E dot pro. And David Sace, which is um, his consultancy is Paper Gecko, www.papergecko.com. So, look, Jason, can give us a bit of background. Let's kick things off with you. Tell us a bit about you and uh, and SERPs. Right. Yeah. Um, lovely, lovely to be here. And thank you very much for inviting me. Lovely to be here with you, David, who mm. I have met multiple times and is delightful and terribly intelligent and knows lots about SEO. Um, I call myself the brand SERP guy. Uh, the brand SERP guy basically means that I am obsessed by what appears when your audience Googles your brand name. It's what your audience sees when they Google your brand name. SERP, as you said, is search engine results page. So a brand SERP, sorry, is a search engine results page for a brand search. Um, and it's okay. something that people tend to overlook. Uh, the idea that what your audience sees when they're looking for you is yep. phenomenally important. It's your business card. That's a really nice way of putting it. It's your business card. You want it to look positive, accurate, and convincing. Uh, and obviously explain who you are, what you do, and where to find you. So Absolutely. for a micro business, for me, that's step number one. David might disagree, but in terms of SEO, you start with, once I've actually got these people interested in me, to the point at which they're searching for me, what is Google showing them? Is it convincing? Is it accurate? Is it positive? And is it easy for them to find what they need from me? Because if they can, and it's accurate, positive, and convincing, I'm going to make that sale. Okay. So how do you coach or how would you advise companies to do that when they're writing their FAQs, right? Or something like that? Yeah, well, that's quite a long way down the line. The initial thing <laughs> is a lot of simple SEO that, 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 that David is very great at teaching is saying make sure that on your own site that you own, that you can change the actual elements on your site. Make sure that it does reflect who you are, what you do and the fact that you're incredibly convincing. Um, and it's surprising how many brands fail to actually do that very basic part of SEO, which is controlling their own site to describe themselves to their audience. Right. Um, so that's the place to start. The second place to go is your social channels, all your social accounts. That's something you can change the title and the description 
And you'd be surprised how many brands have a Facebook title or a Twitter title that is, you know, fun, but completely unhelpful or right. inaccurate. Uh, so you want to go to these places that you can control and you can, can change and make sure that they reflect accurately and positively on your brand and that they are going to be convincing when your audience sees them. And if you take that one step further very quickly, on your brand side, that's obviously phenomenally important, but it's also important on the platforms themselves. Yeah, sure. sure. So absolutely. It, it, it's absolute common sense. And I would bet my bottom dollar uh, or my bottom British pound that if your a brand Frank. person, marketing person, or uh, an individual searches their own name or their personal brand name, it's not as good as they think it is. And a lot of that is down to their own mistakes on things that they actually control. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Put, put, put my hand up and, uh, yeah. Like this. Yeah, it could be, could be better. It could be, like it could be better. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I thought yeah, I could have put my hand up better. I, I, I thought he's already criticising how I no, put my hand up. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that for my own poor SEO practices. You know, I could have been... So many are. You know... Um, and one interesting thing is with your name, Ian, it's quite a common name. So obviously there's going to be lots of different Ian Benjamins on that result. But on your brand, within your region, especially for micro businesses, that's going to tend to be unique. So you really, really should make sure that everything on there is about you. It's accurate, positive and convincing to your audience. And for yeah. a brand, because of kind of trademark rules and company naming rules in countries, within your region, be it a, a county or a town or a county or a country, you are going to tend to be quite unique. Mm. And that makes it very easy, actually, to, to get this start. On, on a name like Ian Benjamin, I'm sure it's a bit of a mix-up because there are lots of Ian Benjamins. So yeah. Google has to try and make sure that it's offering the opportunity to its users. And we forget that. Right. So, so people someone searching, searching me, for example, name, so would they, Ian Benjamin recruitment uh, would be somebody you might put into Google from any part of the world. And so depending on how many recruiters are out there with my name, with the same surname as me, then that's obviously going to help me. If there's only just myself or a few of us, then clearly that yeah. would help me come to with, higher up the, in the UK, results. I, I would bet that there's only one Ian Benjamin recruitment. Um, in Australia, there's probably another one. Uh, that, that, if I may yeah. say so, lack of imagination of naming your company after yourself with what you do afterwards makes great sense, but it does create that fact that it isn't going to be as unambiguous as a, as a brand name like Zyko or, or Wix <laughs> or, or, or something like that, which is yeah, obviously yeah. kind of unique. So you, you have to play that kind of balance and you have to understand how ambiguous is my name and how difficult is this job going to be? If it's yeah. un unambiguous, it's gonna be relatively simple. If it's ambiguous, it's gonna be relatively more complicated. Right. So really, I mean, somebody who's starting a business should really have this, have the SEO in their thoughts of strategy from day one when they start putting pen to paper and start putting yeah. their Well, that's going to be more David's topic. It's saying kind of when I create my site, when I create my own online presence, I need to think to the future, which is when can I attract these new people who have never heard about me, who are Google's users? Not hmm. mine, they're Google's users and potentially my audience. And I'm trying to get Google to recommend me to them. And that's a bit further down the line. So we're going to pass over to David in a moment. But it, a really, really, really nice place to start when you've got no idea what you're doing is just to look at your brand SERP, the result for a search on your brand name, because it gives you great insights into how awfully badly you're doing to start with 
and it gives you that really simple start that encourages you because it's easy to do. Okay. It has immediate effect and it gets you started on the route that David's now going to explain to us, which okay, is cool. but before we go to David, can I, just, I want to go to David as well, but before we do that, can I just ask you, how, how would you do the implementation? And how would you quickly say to somebody, how do you change that? So if it was, you know, Simon Hemsworth, for example, just a random name recruiter, and he went on to uh, searching his own name uh, for his recruitment company, again, just for sake of argument, not overly happy about what he sees and he thinks, oh, do you know what? Mm, I wouldn't mind having a bit more content relevant to me coming up in right. the results on Google. So what could he quickly do to kind of change that? Well, the, the two first steps I've already described, which is number one, look at your own site, change the meta title, yeah. change the meta description, change the information on your own site to represent you better. Then go onto your social accounts that right. you semi-control, change the information on those to make sure they're good. Then you want to look at the results that could potentially be on that page, but aren't. Uh, yellow pages, yeah. for example, or an interview about the boss of the company. Those are, are typically great opportunities. And then go in and talk to the people who own the site and ask them if they can possibly change these elements that right, make okay. you look better. Oh, so, okay. That's good. I've never done that before. I've never done that. So where I come up in a result on someone's website, I've never actually, you know, gone in there and actually asked them to do that. So that's interesting. But no, well, I do it all the time and people hate me for it. But it, <laughs> it, is, it does work very, very well. And it's a very simple technique and the thing is all you're asking somebody to do is to change the content on their page to be more accurate and more positive and right. it's good for them and that's the thing is if you're asking somebody to change something on their own site for you in fact you just need to point out to them that it's actually good for them because that information will then rank on your brand SERP. they get yeah. visibility and they get that kind of that 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 bounce off sure. my, my be, audience i suppose it'd be easier i mean if, if it's a larger company so if it's like uh a, it could be one of those search agency central, which is like um, a recruitment directory type scenario uh, website. Um, they're quite a big company, so I'm, I suppose it'd be kind of it could be quite difficult, time consuming for them to actually get up to change that, depending on what industry you're in. But uh, you know, but but then it's all it's all about people. I mean, it isn't the, the company. There's, there's somebody in the company who dealt with that. Who does page that? Yeah. Who deals with that page? And if sure. you approach them as a person and not as a company you're already going to be making better headway than if you just kind of think it's this faceless company. Which they are, in inverted commas, but they're not because faceless companies are just full of faceful people. <laughs> true, very true, very true. David, what, what, are you, uh, what are your comments on this? Really interesting. Well, I think, you know, one of the key, key points that Jason mentions there is that, that ownership and I think, you know, we, we talk about a website and it, it is one of those areas that you actually own. Uh, and yeah. that is that is absolutely vital. Um, you know, when you when you start going into some of the social areas, um, you know, you have you have less ownership of what's happening on there. So it may well be, you know, um, I remember quite a few years ago, people were setting up businesses on Facebook doing very well. Oh. Changes, yeah, changes to the algorithm, completely out of their control, yeah. and mm. all of a sudden the sales drop. And it, it's that um, you know, it's the difference between buying the house and renting the house. Uh, all of a oh, sudden, like one that. day the landlord comes along and says, "Well, actually, this this month the rent's going to be this much, or we're just mm. booting you out altogether." So I think ownership is is absolutely vital. And I think from what I see of a lot of companies, just taking a bit more care and attention with those initial phases of, of creating that website as that that informational hub for their business 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have they have full control over what happens there. And mm-hmm. that is absolutely vital. And again, as, as Jason says, especially when you're starting off, that brand name, that's the first thing that you're going to see appearing in the SERPs. So, you know, you've just launched a site, you're not going to see that you do machine tooling or something like that straight away, probably not anyway. Um, What will happen is your brand name will will come up, it'll be very prominent if that's, you know, how you've structured the website. Um, And that, that gives you that that first step onto how you start doing your SEO, building out the, the brand online as well. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, th- this is something that has, you know, you, you said you put your hand up, you know, haven't looked at it. And it, it's the same with a lot of businesses. And that's both big and small. Yeah. Um, I think people know, look I'm, at it like, if I can just interject, I mean, I look at it, but I think, well, oh, I just don't know what I should do to get a better result or to make me feel better about it. It's, it's not always a priority. I look at it and think, okay, fine, that could be better, but I don't know what I'm doing. and or you know how much time is that going to take so it's one of those type of scenarios where i know i should spend more time doing it and i know what should be improved but it's it's actually just getting around to implementing that change (laughs) and i I think as well um you know it's it's setting up the website with enough of that basic content you know let people know your story who you are what you're about and you know when it comes to the the initial search results page you start seeing those extra links being picked up um and as as jason quite rightly says again for the smaller business getting involved with um the the yells of this world and that 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 co-citation mm. area again starts building up social media as well make sure that you know you have your your twitter your facebook or you know linkedin mm. is another especially powerful resource yeah. i often powerful, yeah. i often yeah. say to a lot of people you know if you know you are going to be the face behind the company then make sure you set up a, a company page on LinkedIn. That's going to be showing there as well and, mm. and helping with the ranking. But well, you, you know, see that a lot now where people, you know, put someone's name into into LinkedIn, uh, sorry, into Google as a business person and, you know, their LinkedIn page is the first result that you see with the, with their name. And I yeah. think that's more and more becoming more and more and more, and more common. Yeah, if I, if I can interrupt here, um, if that happens, it means that your website, if you have one, is rubbish. Um, And you really need to start thinking about that because if LinkedIn is outranking the official website, it means the official website simply doesn't carry the information that David was talking about earlier on. And the Google isn't convinced that it's a useful resource for the organization or the person themselves, which, which, I mean, that just smacks of rubbishness. Um, So, and if you don't have a site, uh, get a site. If it's a Wix site or a WordPress site or a cheap site or anything, it doesn't matter. You need to have a reference for Google where Google thinks that is where the brand lives. That is where the person lives online. Yeah. And you need to make sure, as David said earlier on, that you control it 100%. Yeah, okay, cool. And it's it's interesting, I think you mentioned Wix there, um, because you hear a lot of stuff about these websites. Oh, they're not very good. They're, yeah. they're not great for SEO. To be honest, when you are starting out, it doesn't matter whether it's Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, yeah. whatever. Um, Ideally, you have your own domain name attached to it, but all of these websites, their their SEO is at least good. 
Mm. Um, you lose a little bit of functionality over mm. a, a more customizable CMS. I mean, the next step up is really something like WordPress, and then you can go to the when you get big and famous, you can go up to enterprise level, and then it gets all really fun. Um, but you know, even with the likes of Wix, Squarespace, there's enough information within the the technical setup of that website that to get you started it has 100 title yeah. message description you know and the most Easy important thing use. is thinking about your content yeah. you know sitting you know, often sitting away from the computer and thinking about well what is my brand who am mm -hmm. i what am i doing here what makes me unique and why would people want to buy from me mm -hmm. and then making sure that information is there it's on your website and then you have that core information to to add the information into your LinkedIn's and, and your other areas like that. Yeah. Which is incredibly important from, I mean, uh, Jono from, Jono Alderson from Yoast, uh, the plugin on WordPress, a very famous uh, yeah. plugin, um, says your home, whatever that website might be, is your only chance of control of who you are, what you do, and how you're presented by these machines. And it is Google principally, but it's also Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, um, Amazon. All of these big, big companies are using the web to understand who we are, what we do, and how they can present us to their users in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and having that home and having the control over that home for who you are, I mean, home, I'm saying not in, in a online sense is phenomenally important it's your chance at control and if you don't have control where are you going yeah and david made a great point there and i love that is sit down and think who am i what do i offer and who do i offer it to yeah that's your first step and a lot of people don't do that they just throw all this <clears> stuff out without thinking it through who's my audience what am yeah. i offering them why would they choose me phenomenally okay. important questions that we don't ask and they should be stated very clearly on your website that you own, that you run, that you control. And that's the start of the message that you're sending out to all these machines. And it's the message these machines will send out to your audience. Yeah. A subset of their users, which I love to say. Sure. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's move on a little bit. So in relations to what metrics or what keywords, I mean, what's which one takes precedence over the other? Like metrics, keywords, what sort of... Taking it a step further, should well, somebody... I'd, I'd just like to say, I mean, I, I talk about brand, and that was the start, and it's saying establish your brand, make sure Google and the other machines understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. Then right. you can start thinking about what are the keywords? How can I attract new people who don't yet know who I am? Mm. And that's where David comes in, <laughs> and that's where he's the expert. <laughs> Over to you, David. Well, you know, and this is this is a whole other area where... I think over the years, we still have some of those old SEO myths from 10 plus years ago. Um, you know, the, the thought that it is just a keyword is is quite out of date now. Um, so you need to be thinking about how, think about how you use search engines as well. What sort of information do you type in there? More and more now you, we're seeing, uh, I mean, it used to be people would type in a couple of words and hope that, Google, Yahoo would, would match them up and find something sort of relevant. Yeah. People are now typing in full questions, much more detailed information. Um, so it is thinking now we, we, we talk more about key phrases, topics, you know, what, what is that wider area? And for anyone just getting started, the first thing I would suggest is 
jump onto Google yourself and start typing them in and start to see what is coming back as a yeah. response. And it's interesting, I mean, especially some of the, the clients I've worked with, um, especially in places like the legal sector, where you have quite specific terminology, which is sometimes quite internal. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for one website I worked on, yeah, we, we quickly realized that a lot of the terminology on the website was very much the internal voice of the partnership, rather than how prospective clients would be looking for them. Yeah, that's right. And and so that, that was a real shift. Through really true yeah you've got to kind of think of it from what your potential customer would be typing into google is that right yeah yeah and I, you know there is a, a whole host of information coming back just from doing that i mean yeah. you're, you're seeing straight away how how popular that search is you start to see how busy it is as well i mean um talking to somebody recently about you know whether they they wanted to get to that number one spot in search you look at the results page and it's a block of four adverts, a carousel, a couple of other featured mm. boxes. And that actual organic number one spot is way below what you can physically see when you first land on that page. And that, that can actually sometimes be an issue. Mm. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot of information such as the, the people also ask box. Uh, which is one of my favorites. Right. Um, there's so much information around that. You, you start typing in a, a term, a topic, and you start to see some of those related queries that people are, are looking for. And it's a great way to think, well, okay, I've, I've been talking about the how. Well, here, here's people asking about the why or the when. Yeah. And you can start bringing that into your, your internal content and start growing your website with that exact information that people sort of are looking content for. Around that, with solutions yeah. to those yeah, questions I, I or think, queries. I think that's incredibly important, Ian, what you just said, uh, solutions, answers, is that we have traditionally, as David said, thought about keywords. What, what are the you know, two words that red shoes, for example, we're obsessed by that, and it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, people are asking questions of Google, they're looking for the answer through Google, they're suggesting they have a problem to Google and asking Google to recommend a solution. Mm. And as businesses, we're asking Google to recommend us. Mm. And uh, that's incredibly important. What David said, people also ask is amazing because it shows you what questions people are asking. Mm. And often the question, the, the key word that we've been talking about uh, is a, going, going to be an implicit question buy red shoes. It's actually, where can I buy red shoes? Or where can I buy the best red shoes or the cheapest yeah, yeah. red shoes, whatever it might be. Um, exactly. So you have to think about what is the implicit question that the person is asking, even if they don't actually express it completely. And as David rightly said, stop thinking about what you, your personal opinion about how your business runs or what it is you offer and start thinking about what your audience are actually looking for and aim for the audience who you can truly serve. There's no point in attracting an audience that you cannot serve. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Very true. Superb. I mean, Superb. you know, Love one you. one one thing I, I've done with clients is, you know, when they're when they're looking for that digital push with their website, you know, get out there and, and talk to your existing clients. Mm. Get a get a sense of, you know, what they think of your website. And you know, the, the friendly ones will be pretty, pretty honest about yeah. what they think. And there's so much insight, you know, between, you know, 
there's there's a lot of data around that's going to help you. You can guess um, if you have an internal search on your website, you can guess what people have been looking for on your website and use that for content. There's a whole load of information on the SERP pages. There's the auto suggest that drops down, which is, is again, very interesting on helping building out that content. But don't forget the offline as well. Talk to people. Yeah. Um, you know, another good one is, you know, if somebody new is joining a, a business, sit down with them and, and you know, with tw you know, 20 minutes or so, go through the website, you know, listen to what they say as they go through each page, what it feels like, the the sort of things they might search for to, to find that business. It's all such incredibly valuable information. Mm. That's true. I mean, a lot of people don't do that. And yeah, massively valuable, massively valuable. Even from a, a recruitment perspective, obviously I'm putting recruitment to one side for the for the podcast and um but i mean that's where my that's my bread and butter so um and i always say to a lot of my employers about using um using video to interview their staff um mm. about their current position their career trajectory and then using that video to attract new employees and because it tells a lot more than just sending somebody a, a written job description so you're absolutely right in terms of using people's opinions and their insights and their thoughts so if they were going to a website, they can kind of give feedback on it in terms of what does that page tell mm. you? Because, yeah, you know, someone from the outside is going to have a different perception of it. I, I think kind of that's a really interesting point from, from the perspective of, I mean, as David was saying, uh, if you talk to a, an SEO, a terribly good SEO, there is a tendency to, to want to, and we were talking about Wix and, and WordPress, they would tend to want to do too much too fast. And it's really good to start with something simple and build out. Mm -hmm. They would also immediately want to go and aim for these amazing uh, search queries that will attract new people. But in fact, what you should be doing is building up from what you already have, which is your brand searches, mm -hmm. and building out from there to the most obvious ones outside. And then you build out in a very gradual and a very logical manner. And you don't suddenly try and reach for the stars when you're still trying to build your hut on the mountain. I don't know what, if that's a real yeah, thing right. or not, but it is now. Um, and, and, and that's phenomenally important. And I think uh, SEO is great uh, and the, the, the whole industry is full of absolutely wonderful people. But as a small business, you have to be a little bit careful about listening to them. And running a business online is very similar to running a business offline. It's still about people. It's still mm. about what you offer. It's still about your values and what you can what you can actually provide to people in terms of solutions to their problems, answers, answers to their questions. Giving them what they want. Giving them what they want, you know? Yeah. And, and one last thing is um, David was talking about, you know, we were talking about uh, address things from the, your users or your, your audience's point of view. Uh, a really useful trick is to go onto your website and pick, pick a page, uh, especially the About Us page, which, which is one of my obsessions and count how many times you say we or your company name. And the answer is probably a lot more than you say you. And in fact, these pages should be addressing your users, your audience, much more than it is you. And a lot of businesses make this mistake, including mine, uh, is to say, I offer this, I do this, my company is wonderful, my company, and it should be much more you will, the benefit you will get from working with us is yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's really, That's really true interesting. of any, any yeah. salesman. I mean, you won't yeah. sell 
anything to anybody face to face, if you go me, 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 you will sell. If you say your problem is this, the yeah, solution I, is I here an and email. we can offer that. Like if I write an email to a prospect client, it's about you will get this from, our, you know, we, what we can mm. do for you. Not that we are the best we are that we can do. You know, you, you think of it from how you would help the client that you're writing to. So uh, that's true. I'm, I'm itching to get on my website and see what my About <laughs> Us page looks like. <laughs> well, I, I had an interesting story about it because the About Us page is... Uh, I have clients and they all say to me, but how can we possibly talk about ourselves without saying we, 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 we all the time? And the answer to that is you said it 57 times in a thousand words, let's say. You could reduce that by half and increase the, the number of views by 30%. If yeah, I, I... you just think about how you're phrasing it, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're phrasing it. And my clients, without exception, come back and they can always reduce the number of we's by, let's say, 50%. Yeah. It's always possible and it's always worth doing. Replacing we's with you's or just not saying either is always, always a good idea. Yeah, just think about it from, from the client perspective, you know, you know, how you, yeah, I think I, I can do that myself in terms of how I would do it. Um, and I can easily, instantly see the benefits in that. And I hope well, I've can, done that. I can I, can I point out another terrible mistake? Is people start off, we were founded in 1969 by our wonderful founder, bloody, 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 blah. And you go, number one, I don't care. Number two, it's in the wrong order. You should say what we do today, what we offer. In fact, sorry, I've just made the mistake. What we offer our audience today. And the, if you really want to say when you were founded, you would say that somewhere down at the bottom. People start with the historical thing. You go, I've got to wade through your boring history that I care <laughs> nothing for to find yeah. out what you actually do today. And it should be completely the other way around. You know, yeah. we, we especially see that in professional services and especially, well, up until quite recently, law firms. It was the first, the first couple of lines were, we were founded in, and bonus points if you had 1800 and something, even though there was a, a dodgy path from then to now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then the number of partners and then the number of offices. Yeah. And, you know, the, there is so little value in that. But I think, you know, as, as Jason says, it, the most important thing anyone can do is build the foundations. Mm -hmm. and no, it's, it's, it's build the hut on the mountain before you reach for the stars. This is yeah, my new one. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've, gone in, I've gone into clients wanting to do some fabulous campaign yeah. and actually said to them, well, how about we put that to one side and just make sure your website works correctly? Uh, you know, this, this is the area that you own. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it, go, it goes such a long way. It's, it's a, a fabulous investment to have. Yeah. To understand your website, how you appear on search, that, that is absolutely vital. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thanks for clarifying that, guys. Superb. Where can, where can we go now? I mean, so do we kind of get into, well, someone's got that down tight and they're kind of quite content with that, then what would be next? So I mentioned the keywords or looking at some of the data, the analytics. What would you say is... I, I think, you know, start looking at, uh, I mean, I generally do a lot of keyword and competitor research, having a look around at where there's opportunities, where you can give information better than what is already on there. Um, and yeah, it, it again, it's it's building up the website from that side, from a, from a metrics point of view. I think you have to be very wary of the vanity metrics, the likes, the shares, even the traffic and the visitors, mm. um, you know, because 
and it, everything should come back to the business, which ultimately is revenue driven. Mm. Um, you know, keep, keep those vanity metrics because, you know, they might put a smile on your face every now and then. But whether they bring in the business is a is a whole other issue. So mm. keep it keep it business focused. Is, right. is absolutely vital. I mean, I, I've seen websites where they, they draw in a lot of traffic um, for somebody. It was a local business and they had a, a very high ranking for a, a local bus route. When you typed in, where does the number 51 go um, for some reason? And they, <laughs> they actually ended up getting a lot of traffic from that, which was quite bizarre. And I've seen this a few times, but it, wow. it's just irrelevant traffic. And this is also something businesses have to watch out for when it's the drive of the SEO to say, well, you know, I, I've got you number one listing on these hundred keywords. So what? So, uh, and, unless so, they're driving in the business. I'd, I'd like just to point out, David, you just said we're driving traffic on the number one fifty number 51 bus route to our site, which is this beautiful kind of analogy. I mean, traffic is actually people coming to your website. Mm-hmm. And I do... Well. I do 100% agree that driving that traffic, getting that traffic to your website, and they're not actually interested in your pro- product or your services is completely pointless. Yeah. Um, so really- but That was a mistake, right? They've done it by, not, not by default. That, that was a mistake, I'm assuming. Most most of the time, probably by mistake. There oh, are a few times, there are a few times <laughs> though, when people, because uh, you know, on that search results page, you have your title, your description as the, the two main areas that are seen people will try and you know push something through with us that doesn't relate to the web page that no, somebody well, the lands on. No. and you you always have to keep that that trust the worst thing you can lo- do is lose trust in a, a potential customer or client and and sorry if we come back to your your bus driving thingy that uh, was really cool um a, an example of actually making this terrible mistake would be a company, and we're going to get recruitment and buses in, so everyone's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking to recruit bus drivers and you create a page that attracts passengers, you'll get loads of traffic because there are loads more passengers than there are bus drivers. But the people who come are going to be looking for a passenger solution from you and not a bus driver solution yeah. as a job. So that's a really good example of attracting traffic for exactly the, or the wrong kind of traffic, the wrong kind of people. Yeah. Um, and I've had loads and loads of clients who've done that. Mm-hmm. And you come in and they say, oh, we've got loads of traffic. And they say, well, we can actually throw that page away. And they're going, yeah, but we'll lose the traffic. And you go, but you don't care about these people because so they're they're anyway, they're not... you're looking for the drivers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. They're not, you know, they're, they're coming to the, they're not going there to, deliberately. They're there by mistake, which is, you don't want that. Yeah, and, and that can be a hard sell to your boss if you've already got the traffic, especially. Yeah. And then you say, well, actually, boss, the, tra- the number of people coming to the website has gone down. But the quality of the people has actually gone up. And the boss is going, I can only see the numbers going down. And David mentioned metrics. Be really careful about the metrics you choose to show to your boss. Yeah. Um, if you're showing traffic, you have to go for traffic. If you're showing visibility, you have to show visibility. And you, you're locking yourself in. But I think David says something very true there. If, if you're using as a metric the amount of business this is actually bringing in, then you can actually do more or less what you want with the traffic and the visibility as long as it's bringing in business at the end of the day. And that that the amount of traffic going down won't freak your boss out because he will be looking at the business that he's making. And the boss should be looking at the business and you should be looking at how we're going to drive people to the site in our bus, number 51, to Hazelhurst in the south of London to buy our products. Mm. 
Yeah, true, true, true. And, and again, you know, this is a frightening thing for a lot of small businesses. You know, you can get in touch with an SEO who will say, I'm going to drive your traffic. And they will do. But, mm. you know, there are a number of ways you can drive traffic to a website. And it's, you know, you post on certain websites, you can do other things, and it draws the traffic in, but it's totally irrelevant to what you do. So, yeah. you know, some of these businesses, they're looking and going, well, wow, traffic we can see in Google Analytics, traffic is up 500% or whatever. But when you start looking deep, you see that, yeah, they, they come onto the site for about two and a half seconds, and then disappear. Mm. Yeah, uh, exactly. the, the relevancy there. So it, it can be a very, very dangerous metric to, to look at. Can I make yeah. a, another point, which is kind of all about this idea of saying, start with the foundation, build out. I mean, it, it, basically, any offline business would be exactly the same. And people get in their minds that the internet is this kind of magic bullet. Um, and I've had clients where you, you, man, you work and you work and you're saying, right, we've got 10% traffic growth a month. And the traffic growth is accompanied by sales growth isn't that amazing and they say but i want 20 i want 30. <laughs> they think it's a magic bullet and you say actually if this was an offline business 10 percent a year would be an achievement true yeah. good point good analogy yeah yeah and you, you have to I, I think you have to take a step back and say 10 percent a year for an offline business is great 10 percent for an online business is great too mm. 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 i suppose you know if it's purely online they haven't got all the external office costs or whatever it is warehouse costs or whatever i mean well i probably have warehouse costs sorry depending on what they're doing but yeah depending on the business it's purely online they haven't got you know there there, there are retail other costs. space perhaps yeah, there are there are other costs. You know, I think we're it's taken a long time. I mean, it used to be a case of people people saw the internet, especially when social media came out. It's free, it's cheap. Get the junior to do it. Um, <laughs> there 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 is there is a cost. It it can be a lot less than than having a physical presence. Mm. But um, you know whether that when whether that cost is is time or money. Depends on the business. Yes. It? Depends on what yeah. the model is. Depends on what you're selling. Yeah. What your service is. Depends what you're doing, you know, how yeah. reliant you are on it, um, you know, so. And, uh, and be aware that, I mean, you know, when you've got a physical business and you're actually seeing people and they're face to face with you, obviously you, you get this impression of a real person to whom you are selling or you're doing business with or you're entering into a partnership with. And online you get this, thing, oh yeah, that's just another person who visited the page and it's in the mass of other people. Um, mm. And they don't appear to be people, they're just numbers. Yeah, uh, and if if you can manage to take that step back and say, actually, I only got one extra visitor last month, but that extra visitor bought. Bingo. Happy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, mm. It's true. Very, very true. Very, very true. Superb. Okay, guys, let's kind of keep it going. So, where, where, what's the next piece of critical, fundamental advice you give to a to a small businessman? Small business I'll tell you person. what. For a for a small business, and and this is. This is one of my one of my favorites, and, and this this is where it sort of links myself and Jason. Um, is the the Google My Business? I know yeah. it's there is a tie into the the knowledge panel and and that side, but it, it's this it's this wonderful area where you have some control within the Google results pages, mm. um, and it's still so vastly underused or misused. Mm. Um, it's and it's not just for small businesses. I think any business, it's something. It's an area that you control. You can, you can say what you want about the well, to some extent. Say what you want about the business. It's that um, 
right hand side of the search engine results page, you get a, a bit of extra visibility. You can you can post some information. You can give them that yeah. fabulous information about opening times and and that critical information if you have that that physical presence as well. Yeah, I, I've used it more over the last couple of years. I, I think I even tweaked it a couple of weeks ago. Just just a quick question: How long does it take once you tweak it on Google, uh, Google My Business, for that to kind of become current and and fresh, as it were? Depending on what depending on what you're changing within Google My Business, it sometimes needs to be verified by Google. Right. Okay. Uh, and if you by, do too, by real people, which yeah. I think sometimes we forget. Some some of it is verified automatically by machine, and it's pushed straight out there. And some of it requires human in, in, intervention. And That's I think what people I forget yeah. that, that, like I was saying earlier on, you, you know, your clients are people. They're visiting a website, but they're still people. Google is actually full of people. Yeah. 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 So it could be that depending on what it is. I think I updated, I think I put a video on there, which I don't think I had the the option to do so before. Uh, but also, I mean, think Google My Business, I mean, over the last two or three years, I think it's, it's been spoken about with a lot more um, positivity. It's than grown it up. Previously, yeah, it's really kind of grown up. So I think... Mm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Definitely. It's, um, well, does... I mean, I think David said said something really important. Um, it, it's like a mini website. It's your mini website. Mm. And it's, it's not a complete replacement for a website, although you can use Google My Business and create a website as well. Google encourages you to do that. So, I mean, even if you don't want to use Wix or WordPress or whatever, you can actually create one in Google. Mike Blumenthal, who's a super expert in local SEO, if you want to read, read something about all this stuff, did some experiments with it. I mean, it's, it's not great. They're the websites that Google presents with Google My Business, but it functions. Yeah. But Google yeah. My Business, incredibly important, is you control a great deal of the information, not all of it, but a great deal of the information, and you're feeding this information of who you are, what you do, and who your audience is directly into the heart of Google. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, what more yeah. could you ask for? And when yeah. people get it wrong, how stupid is that? It's your opportunity yeah. to tell Google who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, which is exactly what Google's trying to understand. Because if it can understand that, it can understand at what to, to which users you might potentially be able to offer a solution. If it doesn't understand who you are and what you offer, it can't even begin to think about offering you up as a solution in the wider world, which David would talk about, uh, of the different key phrases, the different search queries, yeah. if it doesn't understand what it is you're offering. Mm. No, Can I, I tell you something? I mean, I, I have a, a number of, of almost micro clients that I work with in the, the local environment here in London. And there is one who has an okay website. But I think about 90% of the traffic is driven by Google My Business because it, it is such local traffic. Southeast London, that's where mm -hmm. the clients are generally within five, six miles of where he lives, five miles of where he lives. And it has it has just been phenomenal for him. Mm, right. Yeah. And uh, talking of sorry, the, the Mike Blumenthal, great expert. Uh, he he's famously said Google is your homepage. People will search for your brand name. That's your homepage. Your website is actually secondary, which is more or less what David is saying. And uh, somebody like Claire Carlisle, who's the UK equivalent, let's say, very smart local search. She's great. She's amazing. Um, she knows all about this stuff. She knows how to optimize. She knows how important all this is uh, and you know read some of her stuff she's written some amazing stuff and she's in the uk right okay. and again i think you know for a small business take a day take a weekend find this information read it try and get a good understanding and be prepared to spend 
more than more than an hour or two just completing this it's not the sort of stuff that you want to rush uh, similar to your website it's it's important to get right it's important to revisit as well uh, i think that that's another thing that often gets forgotten right yeah could, could, i mean if we bring that back to kind of you do your window dressing yeah. And, a, and a company will spend money and time doing a great window dressing because it's terribly visible and terribly important. Mm. And then they will rush the website stuff. But the website is actually window dressing. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually perhaps more important because the window dressing simply pulls people in, then you can talk to them. The website pulls, well, you pull people in, the website represents you, and you don't get the opportunity to actually talk to them yeah. or Google My Business for that matter. So, it's actually more important in the sense that you have to communicate what you would have said to them if you could have talked to them, mm. but through a web page that they are reading or watching a video, as you mentioned earlier on, and have every opportunity to jump away as soon as they decide, nah, this just isn't interesting for me. Yeah. So as we say, it's, it's matured so much over the, over the last few years. I mean, now um, you, can, you can place, you know, there's often an order or request information button in there. Um, you can po have your own posts going out there. I think they last for about two weeks. Right. Okay. Um, you know, and and then you know that all of that's before we even touch on reviews. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, over the last couple of years, I remember how it was a few weeks ago, and then I can remember thinking back how much it had changed. Yeah. In the last twelve to eighteen months. Well, you know, so. even just with COVID, you know, you go into the back end of Google My Business now. And in the last last year or so, there are now um, there must be about twelve fields specifically to do with COVID. So if you if you have a, a physical shop, if you are open, if you're allowed to be open, you can actually state within Google My Business uh, the staff get uh, temperature checked. We wipe everything down. You know, there, there's mm. about there's about seven or eight specific around that area and That's then good. just just being able to say look we're, we're temporary temporarily closed mm. uh or we've had to adjust our hours there's there's a lot in there and that that's why it's so important to to revisit that i generally say at least every fortnight right okay wow what one thing uh, to move to move the topic of google my business on is that even if you're not a bricks and mortar business you will have a Google My Business for your company. Google has Google My Businesses for every company or pretty much every company. And once again, although it will only appear for people who are in your immediate vicinity, it will tend not to appear in the wider world. For example, if you're in London, it will appear in your area of London, but perhaps not in another area of London or in the rest of the UK. But it's still a way to inform Google. It's still a way to... Keep Google informed about who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, which I keep repeating. I do apologize, but it's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and it, it shouldn't be underestimated. It isn't because it's local business and you're a national business that it isn't an important way to communicate with Google. Yeah. You know, I, I've gone into a number of clients still and started doing the, the initial review of the business. And hmm. um, one of the first things that I've found is, and this has often been with, again, that sort of professional services area, or at least, you know, B2B, um, they do have Google My Business that they, they haven't claimed or aren't aware of, but even more frightening, they actually have reviews. Okay. And in a few cases, these have been professional service areas, you know, they've got um, maybe 10 one and two star reviews. Mm. 
that have never been known to the business and without and this comes back to why the the online brand reputation this visibility is so important they're completely unaware that somebody's googling their name hmm. and on the right hand side no matter how good the the results are showing their home page and the title and description and all the rest of it over on the right page there there's a little thing that has five stars and only one or two are showing and you just get a, a glimpse of the, maybe one or two reviews at the top and there hmm. i mean i saw <clears throat> i couldn't possibly mention the company, but somebody, uh, one that showed up and it had a one-star review saying, I wouldn't touch them with a hazmat suit. And that, and that, and that is their, how their brand is seen online. Somebody's going to be there looking around and so what know, straight away. You have to try and find out, you know, try and get it deleted or, I mean. Well, I mean, to be honest, with with a lot of these, getting getting the deletions can be quite quite tricky. The the main thing is build up the good reviews. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Talk talk to those current uh, clients, customers. The more reviews you get, would you appear? Would that help the ranking in in the search results as well, or is it not really? Well, I think there's an overall uh, aspect of credibility. I call yeah. it credibility. Google call it expertise, authority, and trust. Yeah. But I mean, we put that to one side because it gets quite complicated quite quickly. But it's basically, are you a credible solution for its users? I have a three-pillar yeah. approach, which is understanding credibility, deliverability. Number one is understanding Google needs to understand who you are, what you do, in order to be able to even consider you as a potential solution or answer for its users. Number yeah. two, if it's understood two different options, your competitor and you, it, it's going to choose the most credible one. And reviews is part of that. Inbound links is another part. Uh, great forum uh, comments around your brand is another part of that. Amazing um, articles by respected, relevant media is an incredible big part of that. It's how credible are you? Google sees all this. It's constantly looking at everything everybody says about you. So that credibility aspect is reviews partially, but it's much bigger than that. So reviews is an important part, but not the only part. And the third part is deliverability. Can you deliver the goods? And it doesn't just mean, can you deliver the actual goods? It means, can, you, can your website deliver the goods? When somebody comes to your shop, do you have great coffee if that's what they were looking for? Is Google going to look good for having recommended you? Right. You have yeah. delivered what the person was looking for, be it a video on their site, the text, the answer on their site, all the, the goods delivered on time uh, in the right packaging or a great coffee. So understanding credibility, deliverability and Bob's your uncle. That's all you need to think about. Because yeah. Those are three, Google's three problems. So if you walk the walk, if you walk the walk, you know, you've got to get the content out there that suggests that and yeah. you know, stand behind it and it will get picked up. You know? I'll tell you, just off the back of that, I think one important thing, especially for anyone new to remember, is um, how you appear in ranking varies drastically depending on who you are, where you are, what mm. machine you're using, uh, your search history may play a part. You know, there are so many variables to that. I mean, it mm. used to be the case where you type in a, a keyword and the same thing would pretty much display in the, the top five results, at least nationally, if not further afield. Now it's it's very different. Um, so I think, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, almost putting some of that ranking to one side and really mm -hmm. think about, you know, that that trust and authority. I mean, that, yeah. that really does go a long way. I think people are looking for that a lot more now. Any, any golden nuggets before we kind of like, 
move towards the end of the, the podcast. Any golden nuggets of advice? David? I mean, for, for me, I would say take some time, take a step back, have a look at what it is that you're doing. Um, okay. You know, there, there's a lot that you can do to check out how you're appearing online, whether it's the SERPs or just spending some time going through your website. You know, I, I spoke mm. on, a, on a webinar recently, the mom test, and it, it literally is. I used to um, give my mom access to a website and say, can you find this? And she's terrible with the internet. So it was a great test. Right. Um, you know, seeing how somebody else uses Mom the website. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that can be often missed. Uh, and as as we've spoken about before, you know, looking at those SERPs. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I would say um, I, I'm obsessed by brand SERPs. I would say search your own brand name. Open an incognito window yeah. in uh, Chrome. Search your own brand name because what do you see? What does Google show? For a brand name, especially when it's unambiguous, it shows what is going to be what it considers, sorry, to be the most relevant and valuable to your audience. Mm. And if it doesn't represent you accurately, positively, and convincingly, if it doesn't show who you are, what you do, and where to find you, then Google has misunderstood. Yeah, Google doesn't want to misrepresent you. And in that case, you need to say, okay, why has Google misunderstood, and what can I do to help Google better understand? Mm and better represent me. Uh, so it, my advice is Google is a great reflection of the world's opinion of you. Mm. Okay, cool. Superb. And I'd probably just add as one aside to that, other search engines are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially to your mum. Apparently Microsoft uh, <laughs> well, get, get a lot of old mothers and uh, uh, large corporations. I was going to say large corporations, often the, the IT system is, mm. is locked down to Bing. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Are you guys familiar with like Boolean search at all? Like Boolean strings? Does that ring any bells with you guys at all? Yeah, from from many years ago, yes. Yeah, from many yeah. years ago. Okay. Because a lot of recruiters use that. Yeah. Um, using keywords and I and think, or alls in between yeah. words. And, I think, uh, you know, Google's quite smart now. I think I, I definitely use that a lot a lot less. But I tell you, I think LinkedIn, uh, maybe LinkedIn Navigator, um, oh. that is very, very strong with the Boolean searches. Oh, massively, massively. But, yeah. but I heard that um, but, but it doesn't work. Boolean doesn't work with Bing, which I thought was really surprising. And uh, I've never tried it, actually, to be fair. It just kind of, it just kind of binged or pinged into my brain. Um, about that, but I mean, but oh, with Google is very, very good, and LinkedIn, absolutely, without a doubt, every recruiter daily yeah. uh, would use Boolean strings to find specific people or to eliminate certain in individuals from from the search results. So, mm. uh, but for anyone listening, that's B double L, sorry, B double O, L E A N, L E A N. Boolean search is a way to kind of pin down or eliminate certain individuals from your search results, whether you're looking for a Chinese restaurant in Milton Keynes or a, you know, red pair of shoes. Of a I'll tell you, that, talking about those sort of search operators, there, there's one thing that any business owner can do. And if you go to the, the Google homepage and you type in site colon and then put in your URL, yes, it right. will just pull out the pages that, that should be on your website. And it's a great way to just sort of ring fence your website mm. and see how the titles are appearing, how um, the descriptions are appearing. Uh, it's it's an inter and also how many pages are actually showing up in search. 
Yeah, so that's like S I S I I S I T E colon yeah. forward slash forward slash. Uh, colon and then just www. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Com or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that before. You know, um... there's there's some advanced stuff around it, but just simply doing that um, can be very good. Brings it up in isolation, essentially. Yeah. Essentially, super. Which is great advice. Yeah, indeed. Guys, let's honestly I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Addis, for for being guests on on Digital Hub 2021. It's been a pleasure. Really, really appreciate it. We're going to be sharing this with uh, different groups and uh, across LinkedIn uh, for small businesses that want to kind of have a bit more of an understanding. Maybe that somebody's a builder or someone's in you know in a more of a white collar environment, but still doesn't know or understand. Um, or they just want a bit of clarification about their own marketing. So that's what I wanted to do, and and you guys have helped me achieve that. So um... well, I think maybe maybe one closing comment would be uh, SEO, Google optimizing for Google isn't half as scary as it used to be. It isn't yeah. technical. It's about good marketing, uh, and it's about taking your content, what it is you've created, be it text, videos, or whatever, and packaging it for Google so that Google can effectively deliver it to its audience, or have you deliver it to its audience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, wonderful. Thank you. Lot. Yeah, you're right. Don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. Have a look at it, yeah. you know. Dive wonderful. in. Superb. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Great to have you on. Thank and, you very much. Um, let's do it again. Let's do part two. Oh, absolutely. Later on down the year, you know. Yeah, so, no, um, absolutely. With great pleasure. We'll do part two a little bit more complicated, but uh, let's give definitely. everybody six or seven months to digest part one. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So this, again, my, my guest, so David Sace, David uh, S-A-Y-C-E, uh, papergecko.com, and Jason Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D, and Jason's company is Calicube, K-A-L-I-C-U-B, and uh, wonderful guests. Thank you, guys very much. Appreciate it.